The Persistent and Nasty Podcast is a series of interviews and informal discussions with inspiring women and other marginalised voices in theatre, film and beyond. From actors to activists, we aim to amplify these voices and invite the world to stay nasty. We are so proud that we still have amazing sponsors, one of whom is um, We Edition, who are definitely the future of casting. We Edition are offering our listeners 25% off their monthly subscription. Just go to checkout and type in NASTY, all capital letters, 25, to receive your 25 discount on your monthly subscription. Our other offers are still with a wonderful Backstage. Backstage are offering our actor listeners 12 months free of the subscription so that means that you get all the castings in you get all the workshops that they run and you are um, a member and all you have to do with that one is copy the link in our description box and that will take you to it for those of you who are in casting you can get free castings on backstage just by typing in persistent and nasty into checkout it's all lowercase Hi everyone, Elaine here. Hope that you are doing as well as you can be. We're now into July. We are nearly 14 weeks into lockdown, although things are starting to ease for those of you down south. Um, Enjoy going to the pub tomorrow. Just remember, just be careful and wear a mask. That's what we all need to do. Anyway, today's podcast is with the lovely Becky Clark and um, I reached out to Becky over Facebook uh, a few weeks ago now just as um, the Black Lives Matter movement was really um, gaining traction and I spoke to Becky the day after the march in both Edinburgh and Glasgow. Today's episode is a really important one, it's um, Becky's own experience of growing up in Scotland as a mixed race um, female. I really hope that you enjoyed today's episodes. There are loads of links and resources in the description box. There's also um, links to Becky's video and also links to the two companies that um, Becky mentions in the podcast. Get a wee cup of tea, guys. Sit back, relax, and as always, enjoy. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to another Persistent and Nasty podcast. Elaine here. Hope you're all doing really well. We are over the moon today to have Becky Clark. Um, I actually reached out to Becky uh, after seeing a video that she posted on Facebook, and I just thought that it would be a really great chance for us um, as allies to have Becky on the podcast just to chat, chat about life, chat about being a female um, in Scotland. And um, Becky's had various um, pathways so she trained to be a lawyer um, and now is in tourism. So we're just going to talk all about that. Hi, Becky. Hi. Hi. Thanks so much for that introduction. Yeah, it's totally, you're totally welcome. It's so strange, isn't it? Because I was just like, saw your video on Facebook and then I was like, I'm going to contact you. Yeah. No, like, it's great. It's so good. And it's so like lovely. Um, a bit overwhelming, but lovely to have like so many people in my inbox just... Um, wanting to keep the conversation going so mm-hmm. like, it's really really good <laughs> yeah 
Um, so basically, um, we will put the link to um, Becky's post that she put up, if that's all right with you, Becky, in our description box so the listeners can see it. But if you want to give them a little bit of a, a of info on what your post was actually about, that would be great. Um, it kind of started, I was suddenly just reaching out to my friends um, and I never expected it to go as far as I did. <laughs> um, but I had quite a lot of friends um, I could see from like their Instagram posts or social media feeling a bit confused about um, everything that was kind of happening after George Floyd's death in the United States and kind of wondering what they could do or kind of questioning what's what's the right thing to do in this situation. So um, I'm, like my thoughts were kind of keeping me awake at night and I was like thinking, how, how, how's best to do this? And I just decided to kind of go, do you know what, I'm just going to press record and say it. Um, so it kind of turned into a bit about just what my experience has been um, growing up as a mixed race person in Scotland, um, mixed race woman in Scotland, um, and just how um, white people can be better better allies for um, for your mixed race or black friends. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and it just kind of <laughs> and it snowballed more people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is good. Um, it's definitely good. So, yeah. So do you, like, so how do you feel, um, I guess, I mean, I don't really know how, how to start this. Like this, there's me going, oh, what do I say? What, what, what is the right? So I guess I just want to say, what has your experience of being a, a mixed race woman in Scotland been? Mm. It's been, do you know, it's been a really interesting one because, um, th- I think I'm only starting to just just starting to realize like how it actually affected me. And um, I think that for a long time, I put a lot of the feelings that, I, that, I, that were coming up like on myself and thought it was something to do with me individually. Um, uh, like that I was just different or um, weird in some way. Um, and then it's only been kind of like unraveling these thoughts in my head that I'm like, actually, I, I think a lot of that stemmed from, I was actually different to a lot of people. <laughs> I am actually different to a lot mm-hmm. of people. Um, and so some of that, some of that stuff, like I, I wouldn't have said it's been, as I said in my video, I'm aware of my own privilege because my blackness is diluted in a way that um, I have a Scottish accent. I was born here. Um, my dad was white um, so I kind of you know if that makes any sense I do like feel very differently about like my mum's experience is probably one that's very different to me and um, as a Jamaican woman with a Jamaican accent black Jamaican lady and um, she probably had a very different experience but it's still at times been difficult but I would have said it was more underhand than people would expect okay which is why a lot of people maybe still are denying it or thinking that it doesn't exist. And um, I wouldn't have said I've been screamed at or punched or like beaten or anything because of it. Mm-hmm. It is more that it's just on a daily basis, even they're just little things that will come to, into play and um, just to make you feel like you don't belong mm-hmm. in some way. And um, which is, yeah only just starting to kind of <laughs> unravel <That's>, that <laughs> yeah and that, that must be huge for you just now to be unraveling that and mm-hmm. I mean those kind of 
life lessons because uh, I can't think of anything else to say and yeah. but it's all happening for you and then everything else just now like with social media and it's so it's mm-hmm. right in your face yeah 100 percent. and it is it, it's, it's good because um it's it's made me confront a lot of things as well um like as I said in the bit I spoke about it in the video but I remember the first time that I ever realized that um things might not be as easy to do because of the colour of your skin kind of thing. Um, and I was in like primary school and um, it was actually, interesting enough to do this podcast, it was like an amateur dramatics um, musical that I was, like we were auditioning for. And it were, there was me and one other mixed race girl. And it was like just in some, like in our little town, like <laughs> it was not a massive production. It was just like, um, they were doing like Scrooge the musical or something like that, and we auditioned, and we were we were good. Like this is not me being like, yeah, we were, but we were good. We, we could yep. sing. Um, and the director was like, "Listen, you've both done really well, and um, but unfortunately, um, you don't look like anyone else in the family, so you're both going to be chimney sweeps." <laughs> As a, like, you know, someone in primary school, you're like, oh, okay, cool. So that kind of seals the deal. Um, and, and of course, my mum was absolutely raging. Yeah. Um, because she was like, this is not going to the West End. And like, this is going to be put on in um, the high school. Like, it doesn't yeah. really, it doesn't really matter. Um, and yeah, that was the first time I was like, okay, so things are going to be, weird (laughs) Um, can you remember how old you were at that point I think I was in primary six or seven maybe so around about that time 10 or 11 or something around about that yeah yeah, I would have thought Mm -hmm. wow so I was like and and that's the first one I remember and I mostly remember it because I my mum had to have a conversation with me at that point and say this is not the first time you're going to be hurt by this, so you better buck up. Like you better get some strong armor around you because this this is going to happen again. Not in the same ilk, maybe, but just it will happen again. Um. So yeah, and again, I I didn't really think about it at the time. Kind of one of those things, but um. Even in the theatre world, it's like there's not the only time that's happened to me. And I was once told by somebody not to uh, straighten my hair so I wouldn't get any parts because they wouldn't see me as black enough. Um, (laughs) Because they would only cast me in a black role if they thought I was like really black. Again, they probably didn't think that they were doing anything wrong, but. (laughs) Wow. Like, I mean. But but it's that thing of though, would they have said that to a white girl who's got curly Mm. hair? Would they have said that? Don't straighten your hair. Yeah. Again, it's the assumption of like, well, you could only get cast in a role that was for, that was made for a black person. Um, it's just yeah. Or the assumption there was always this assumption that, oh, if you went, if you did musical theatre, if you did that, then you would get really far because, um you would get cast in all the black roles that everyone else can't have. So it'd be good for you. you and I was like, but... But you couldn't do any of the other roles. <laughs> like, no. 
be, can be Cinderella, like basically, <laughs> you know, that kind, which is just, yeah, baffling. And it's just stuff like that. It's like, it's not, it wasn't necessarily that people are like calling you names in the street, but it's just stuff like that just to make you, remind you that you're like where your place is. If that, that's how it feels like when you think about back on it. It's like just remind you where your place is. Mm. And then being female on top of that, probably. I mean, maybe I'm putting that in. Yeah. Not maybe true, but there is. Oh, no, I mean, it definitely, definitely is. And I remember when I got my, um, uh, like, nose pierced, and my mum was like, oh, now, so you want to add that you, like, not only are you like, and you're a woman, but you want to add on top of that, you've got a nose pierced. It's like, what, you just might as well. You know, which is a horrible thing for your your as a mum to have to think. Oh my god, your life's already so difficult. Um, I'm like, I'm like, why should I get? A, I don't. I should be allowed able to get a nose piercing. I should be yeah. able to have a tattoo. I should be able to. People should never judge what you're capable of based on the appearance on on the fact that you're female, the fact that you're black. It's just, but sometimes it's, it's just reality. It's a lot of work that we all have to do or, um, mm-hmm. just now. Um, mm-hmm. And so you were saying that you've had a lot of friends kind of reaching out and I'm assuming wanting to know how they can be better allies. Yeah, um, it's been really, it, it, really eye-opening for me um, to hear about so many people who've thought, who that I knew that were good friends of mine um, that didn't really realise like how bad it was or didn't really get it not that they have ever once tried to um, be anything but positive towards me as friends um, but didn't really realise that they're like I just thought about this comment that I made one time Did that and I'm like don't I'm not asking you to go and, <laughs> and psychoanalyse everything you've ever said um, just to take this as a like clean slate and let's all move forward um, but I've got so many friends now that are um, have bought books, have listened to podcasts, have watched TV shows, have gone mar- have marched, have signed petitions, have um, you know, um, just tried to educate themselves better. And that is all that like I was trying to reach out with that me- with that video was just to say like, listen, guys, let's all just do a bit better. Mm-hmm. and so it's been amazing to have so many people um reaching out in that way to say that you know could you put point me in the direction of a good book or whatever you know something like that um yeah great um yeah I mean and that's really great because obviously just now there's like so much stuff on social media and you know mm-hmm. kind of reading it and um even after I reached out to you and I was just like Oh, maybe you don't want to do a podcast and I'm like um and it's just that thing of like I think I've seen stuff as well like you know don't ask your black friends what you, what they can do you have mm-hmm. to do it and so it's it's been very aware of of our learning I think it's the learning that we have to do and what what the steps yeah. are that we need to put in place and um yeah how we yeah. how we do this so that in 10 years time this is not still where we're at 
exactly exactly and and you know it's 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 really difficult because obviously I've been I've seen all the kind of oh don't ask your black friends and I think that I don't necessarily 100% agree with that um, I'm not going to give you a history lesson on, um, you know, black like slavery in Glasgow because you can read a book on that. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm happy to tell you about things that have affected me personally. Um, if you want to hear, however, equally, I had a like a guy that jumped into my inbox that I didn't know, being like, I just had a debate. I mean, I disagree with my daughter about this Black Lives Matter thing, um, and I'm just wondering if you could tell me all the ways in which you feel that you've been oppressed in your life. And I was just like, I'm not going to sit and justify to you, like as someone that I've never met, uh-huh. that this has happened to me. So um, it's just like those two, uh, you know, it's just, <laughs> um, if you don't believe me now, me listing all the things that's, that's happened is not going to make you believe me it, like, either. So I was like, go and read a book. <laughs> it's all you can say to those people. Um, it's hard, but. Yeah, I think asking your friends to have a discussion about your their experiences is different than asking them to educate you on the history of black yeah. people in the world because you, you can read a book about that or you can watch a bit like a documentary about that or something like that. But yeah, yeah. Um, I do think it's important for black people to share their experiences. Yeah, um, and it's important for us to listen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, just listen and hear. Actually, hear what's being said. Um, where did you grow up, Becky? Um, so I grew up in Edinburgh, um, or just outside of Edinburgh, in a place called South Queens Ferry. Yeah. Um, so I was born here, and yeah, I've lived here here always. So <laughs> you're a you're an East Coaster. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am an East Coaster. so where did you go to uni um I went to Edinburgh uni actually um so I didn't I didn't venture too far far afield yeah and Um, what kind of law were you studying I was studying Scottish law um I did do like a a year abroad um with some kind of European law as well okay um but mostly mostly just did a degree in Scots law so um but my like dissertation and everything later on was always was always like human rights or <laughs> um human rights in the criminal justice system like focused kind of so. yeah um, um and I imagine that was a very informative yeah yeah <laughs> you tried to think of other words for that <laughs> it was good no it was good it was um, <laughs> it was a great read. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I mean, I it was a laugh a minute. <laughs> oh, I hated my dissertation. I hated that thing. I was never been so glad to see the back of a document in my life. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but you did it though. You did yeah, it. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, no, it was good. And like, although I've not gone down that path I I've learned so much from it um that I would never discourage anyone from doing it even if mm-hmm. they didn't think they wanted to join that profession I think it's brilliant like it, it teaches you to articulate yourself properly um to argue yeah <laughs> um <laughs> and um teaches you to read absorb information like so much stuff so like 
this yeah. that's I, I never wanted to diss it publicly I just didn't choose to join that field but um I really really enjoyed I enjoyed my degree yeah I think and, and isn't it weird though that like you know we ha- we are almost forced in some ways when we're at school like to make these decisions of what we mm-hmm. want to do for the rest of your life like mm-hmm. and I'm one of those really lucky people that I've known since I was really little that I wanted to be an actress so that's been really in some ways been really really great but then in others yeah. because you don't open it open up yourself to the possibility of something else because yeah. you're so focused on that one thing and then you realize it's a <laughs> career and you can be bothered but I suppose the great thing about life is that you it's never too late like it's never too late to decide that you don't like it or you want to change or you just fancy doing a degree for nothing and then yeah. learning it and then not even doing it like it's never it's never too late for that yeah. um so that's why like it is awful it's awful they put so much pressure on people and um, on kids essentially kids mm. to decide what the rest of their life is going to look like when they're age 17 I mean <laughs> like you've got no idea let's be honest no but um you're barely making it through the week at 17 (laughs) I I mean I didn't even know what was having for breakfast like let alone (laughs) yeah and I don't know how 17 year olds deal with it now because like they've got social media and when I was 17 Mm -hmm. we didn't have that so yeah I mean if I was 17 now I'd be like I want to be one of these girls that just get sent loads of stuff to their uh (laughs) <laughs> I'm on Instagram. Like, it sounds great. <laughs> that sounds like a job I could get behind. Great. 100%. What degree do you do to that? <laughs> um, but my, no, I totally agree. It must be so tricky, so tricky, and um, to be a kid, to parent a kid at this time. Mm. Oh, just yeah. Well, it's also like you're off. saying as well as pose like that guy that um, sent you a message saying that he's having an argument with his daughter I would like you know it'd be interesting to know if his daughter's like in that kind of 14 15 age bracket where you know actually when now I suppose in some ways like the social media thing is actually a really good thing because kids are being opened up to far more ideas than what they hear at home so true yeah so true and I think that this this hope this generation is like it seems like they're one that are willing to push back on mm. some of the ideas that some of the outdated ideas that their parents might have yeah um they're so vocal and they're so um willing to fight for what they believe is right um I think that's really, that's hopefully going to change quite a lot of what we think to be true mm. <laughs> uh, yeah I'm, I'm I'm with you on that I really hope uh that that's the case and that they mm. that they don't become jaded as well and yeah you know that the the hard conversations that they might have to have with parents grandparents aunts uncles even other friends like mm. it doesn't um it doesn't put them off keep keeping going really yeah because it's tough <laughs> yeah I bet you it's tough yeah. has it been um so like you said obviously this week is that just a week wow is that just a yeah. week since everything happened? Well, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely just over. Just over, maybe, or just on, yeah, just over. I think it was like a Friday or Thursday. So, yeah, maybe, so, yeah. so like 10, 12 days. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like much longer. 
in some way. And I wonder if that's got a lot to do with um, us obviously being in lockdown. Yeah, well. I suppose. Yeah, people are not like going about their daily lives and then coming back to it. It's just all the, it's all, it's all encompassing, I suppose, just now. Um, yeah. Which in some ways has helped, has helped the message. Mm-hmm. Um, because the alternative is we look at how bad the like <laughs> how bad the state of the economy is <laughs> bad you know yeah um, there's people that there's been thousands of deaths that are awful and um, it's like we look at that or we look at this so bad there, in the way you look <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I mean, but I suppose there is something in that as well isn't I mean maybe I'm wrong but I see it as a kind of there is we can make a change for this but you can't change yeah. the virus until there's a cure or a treatment 100%. Mm-hmm. so it's given us something actually positive and making us feel motivated yeah 100 percent. yeah no, i know totally agree actually i never thought about it that way but yeah um i think that's probably definitely got something to do with it, <laughs> to do with it yeah. um, that we don't feel as much despair and see how this this one can work like see how it mm. can pan out um and it's within our hopefully within our power to do something about it yeah um, but me as I mean, a scientist it's not within my power to do anything about coronavirus exactly yeah <laughs> we can't we're wearing our masks we're not going out like but washing yeah. my hands there's nothing else that i can do i know i, know. I really want to know if hand cream sales have like jumped through the roof since coronavirus well, can I, imagine? I would I think, think so. someone's rubbing their hands i would love to say that i that up, I saw it. I saw it from someone, but <laughs> something like the makers of Dettol are rubbing their hands. Oh, they definitely um, are. They're sitting back, happy days. Oh yes, yeah. Not yeah. not everyone's losing out from coronavirus. No, definitely not. <laughs> um, did you go to the protest yesterday? I will say that I sort of did. Uh huh. Um, my boyfriend's parents and my mum are in like kind of higher risk category yeah um so we went into town and uh kind of took signs and stuff but we didn't go to the like main area of the protest and we just kind of like took our time to like stand in public and like make ourselves feel like we were being seen um but it to see the um like to see everyone around was just it was it was quite emotional for me actually yeah and um, we walked up through Morningside and there was just people like there was so many people heading there like going I was just it was quite overwhelming um to see people still during this time and um, when the politicians are telling them not to not to go and mm-hmm. uh, when their own parents are telling them not to go to still feel that it was that it's still it's that important mm-hmm. is um I know for myself and for a lot of black people is um just incredibly inc- like incredibly overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean oh god I'm getting teary and like <laughs> just listening to you saying that like um I can't yeah um I imagine that must bring up so many different things for you. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, it's just, for me, it's to think that, like, 
we've been speaking out for so long and I feel like the message wasn't truly heard. Um, for example, like if you, when it, I remember going to like a, a Pride March and just being like this, I mean, like going to a Pride March, I've like very much um, uh, love, like love the, um, the message that that sends. Um, and then, but then thinking like, I wish, I wonder if that this many people would come out for Black History Month. And I don't think, and I was like, I don't think they would. Um, and that that was kind of sad for me a little bit. But then now to see that like, maybe that in a few months time and when this is all over, like that could be a thing when next Black History Month rolls around, that could be a thing that we have a, a, like a march that's as powerful and as moving as that. Um, but our message is, is finally being heard and paid attention mm. to. It's just, yeah, like considering how hard, like I know my mum and many other people like her fought mm-hmm. to be heard. And, I mean, my mum hasn't stopped crying for like a week and a half, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to just mention what your mum is involved in and then we'll put links and everything as well at, yeah, for that. So my mum is um, the vice chairman now, but she's full chairman um, for CRER, which is the Coalition for Racial Equality and Rights, um, which I mentioned in the uh, the video. Um, so they're based in Glasgow, but they do work here and in Edinburgh. They do work here and in Glasgow, sorry, Edinburgh and Glasgow. Um, it's because you're talking to me, I've totally got you. It's, it's the <laughs> <I> West Coast. <laughs> I feel like I'm on the West Coast already. <laughs> um so they do a lot of like policy stuff kind of changing big policy and um a lot of uh research into uh, racial inequality and justice and a lot of fighting on people's behalf like individuals behalf and they run the black history months in glasgow and some like incredible events um stuff like just stuff like that and they've their website's got loads of really good resources for um if you're just wanting to learn about like even a, a, something as simple as what is racism <laughs> and um, some like figures for um, racism in Scotland. Um, so that's her like, kind of on the side job. But her main job is she works for Semper Scotland um, or she is the lead officer for Semper Scotland, which is effectively the same as the Black Police Association in England. So it's just our, the Scottish counterpart. So working to... Um, make sure that everyone who works for the police, uh, make sure everyone is treated the same and their voices are equal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, so stuff like that. How old <laughs> she's, was your a, mo- she's a good woman. She, she, <laughs> yeah. Um, how old was your mum when she came over from Jamaica? Um, I will not publicly out her age, but I will say <laughs> because she will kill me. <laughs> But she came over here about 28, 29 years ago. Okay. So it was, <laughs> oh God, it was a very <laughs> different time. Very yeah. different time. I mean, so when she came here, she was like, like, people were following her down the street, being like, is that a black, like, is that actually a black person? Like, she, you know, in this small town um, outside of Edinburgh. Um, I mean, I also like to think it's because she's incredibly beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it definitely was very, you know, here's a biracial relationship with white, a white man and a, and a black woman. Um, it's very, 
weird for, for mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know he had a lot of difficulty when she first moved over here. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> um, so I actually, just because I know that you had mentioned you did musical theatre and stuff um, mm-hmm. when you were younger, did you ever think about doing it as a career or like in some strange way that whole comment that got made to you about oh you know if you did it you could mm. get to play all the black parts if that had a impact on you deciding not to or if it was just never really a thought for you um I I loved it and I don't know how much it had to do with those kind of things because I did always one of the main reasons why I didn't go for it was because I didn't feel like I could succeed um and I kind of felt like in order to uh, succeed at it and in order to do it like it has to be a burning like passion within you that like nothing is going to stop you because like you couldn't picture your life by doing anything else Mm -hmm. almost everyone I know that has succeeded at it and is like doing it and this feel like it's because they could not picture themselves doing anything else. It's just that. That's all. That's it's all or nothing. And for me, it wasn't very that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was because I, I just I perfectly I just couldn't see myself like succeeding at it, um, which is a shame because I really enjoyed it. Um, but I like having it as like a kind of hobby. Or, yeah, you know, something that I've done and I've met some incredible people doing it and um, had some incredible experiences doing it as well. So. But yeah, I I I couldn't honestly say how much it affected me, but I I do think it does it did play a part for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So where so now you're doing tourism? Yeah. Again, totally opposite from law. So <laughs> yeah. Law to t- well, actually, they're all they're all very public facing, aren't they? Like, they, yeah. Know, <laughs> you're with other people it's in somehow so um yeah. where are you are you working just now or are you furloughed or what's happening I'm with actually, you I'm actually working just now yeah I changed jobs just at the start of lockdown so um I couldn't be furloughed by my new employers and um I'm very grateful to them that they <laughs> have kept me working so um have kept me busy so I'm working for Edmund Zoo at the moment so um I'm having a great time up there. So you I get to see. Oh, I, I did see animals on a day-to-day basis, so it's nice. <laughs> I did a, um, an event at Edinburgh Zoo. Oh, a good few years ago. Um, mm-hmm. we're at a theatre company I was working with. We were asked to go in. And we did it like um, who was it that was doing it? Uh, uh, oh, it was Kvazi. We're doing this whole big thing, and they basically uh-huh. hired out the zoo at night, like um. Oh, uh, and we had food and all these it was lot there was lots of guys though that's really my memory <laughs> of the whole thing is like there's lots of white guys and we were all mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> of a certain age um and yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah could I try in some of their lines and I was like no no yeah no. <laughs> not happening you keep, you keep going there pal not yeah. happening it's always there's always an interesting one isn't it yeah I would, I would imagine that like in well I mean I suppose law is so um 
there are so many more women in law, but it's still, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but to me, as somebody from the outside, it still very much feels like a male-dominated profession. That was always my experience of it. Um, There are some, like, that is definitely not to say that there are not some incredible women um, who have kind of broken the barriers of, um, of that industry because it was always a very very heavily male dominated industry yeah um and a male dominated career path but for me it, it still seemed that there is that kind of hanging on to well if you want to make partner in the firm or you want to get anywhere you better not be thinking about having any kids because mm. you're we own you now basically <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I still did very much get that feeling I hope I'm wrong and I hope the tide's changing um but I mean, when my friends were still in the office at like 10, 11 o'clock at night, I was just like, I just, I'm not here. I'm just not here for that. I, yeah. I want to have a life. Like, I don't just, I don't want loads of money for no reason. Um, yeah. And not time to spend it or enjoy my life with it. I just, I was just like, I'd rather do something that I like and maybe earn less money for it, but have, you know, a better. It's your quality of life though, right? Isn't it? 100%, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not the the money is obviously super useful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we need it, but it's not the thing that will ultimately make you happy. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, I'd yeah. I'd rather have enough money, like to get by, mm-hmm. um, or comfortably at least, anyway. But like, um, that's the thing. I was like, if you enjoy what you're doing enough, you can make a decent amount of money doing mm-hmm. anything, um, but. Like I was like, I don't want to wake up in like 10 years time and be like, well, I don't like my life. I don't like how it looks. Yeah. And even though I've got a big house, a fancy car, like I just, it wasn't, I just thought. Yeah, it just wasn't for you. Yeah. (laughs) And um, so obviously we are a kind of, um, we are a female-led arts activism. um, Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we, uh, so the reason we're called Persistent and Nasty and people mm-hmm. that listen to this podcast regularly will be sick to death of me saying this, but <laughs> um, <laughs> the reason we're called Persistent and Nasty is when we were trying to come up with a name, we were like, oh, what are we going to call ourselves? And obviously, Elizabeth Warren, the whole quote, nevertheless, she persisted. And mm-hmm. then um, Trump called um, Clinton a nasty woman nasty for women. daring mm-hmm. to give him actual information, correct information. So then there was the whole... <laughs> Oh, God. I mean, uh, that man. That, that <laughs> man. man. I just can't even. <laughs> it's only, I just, yeah, I don't even know where, when someone asks you about that man, you don't even know where to begin. Mm-mm. So much, so much wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, right now, it's even more, oh my, that man. Mm. Yeah. I think the and one I, that got me was when the looting starts, the shooting oh. starts. I was like, so you just said you're just going to kill. Kill your citizens. You, like. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, absolutely insane. Yeah. No, I and I kind of don't I, want to give them any more time than that. But I know, such, I know. But it's such a thing, and like, I mean, I am looking at that as a white person in Scotland watching that, utterly disgusted. I have no idea what that feels like if you are a black person in Scotland watching that. Then to be a black person in America watching that. I don't, yeah. How, 
how does that make you feel as you were said earlier is it like mm-hmm. about your worth yeah I mean for me um he's not even the worst one because he's clearly like if anyone else was saying that the stuff that he comes out with like a not like a person that you know or in you know from your work or something like that they would be probably be sectioned you know like you would people would be like okay you're obviously Mm. you need some help like you need to be looked after the things that you're saying are not right so it's more it's it's more like to the voices listening to him Mm -hmm. so for example like we had a black man in that house four like four years ago about four years ago and now you suddenly he's giving you racist racist people a platform mm-hmm. um, and someone to piggyback off and that's the bit for me that I'm just like oh my god you've just set all the progress back like four years um, but then maybe not maybe the fact that he how he's reacted to this mm-hmm. is actually created the, the anger that was, is necessary to move instigate things along exactly yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. So so that's why. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, not don't apologize. Um, it's it's a podcast and it's a chat. So please don't worry about that. But yeah. So when he called her nasty, and then like there was the Twitter kind of reaction to that. So people going, well, mm-hmm. she's a nasty mm-hmm. woman. I'm a nasty woman. So that's why we decided to go with that. Um, and we started this last year at the festival, just asking mm-hmm. people, what does persistent and nasty mean to you? Um, it can be anything it doesn't have to be a positive thing yeah. to me it sounds like it's really funny that you, that that's not now because I was thinking about this today I'll use the example that I used on my Instagram feed um, and I was talking about Serena Williams mm-hmm. and for it's not just she's been a tennis player she's been called angry nasty um, a sore loser mm-hmm. like things that for which she is she is none of those things like she is a champion and if she was anyone else if she was a man if she was a white man even if she was a white woman she would have been hailed as champion um and people call her probably persistent and nasty are probably words that have been used to describe her so for me things like that are just you know negative slurs of how women are perceived by society <laughs> yeah. for speaking out for speaking out for th- things that are that they believe in or they perceive as injustices um and it's just a way to keep you down and put you in your place that's that's what yeah. those words mean to me yeah yeah they totally yeah I love it that I love that um yeah so we've been doing this whole like let's try and reclaim words mm-hmm um, so you know, bossy. That's always a one that gets used against girls all the time. Oh yeah, like you know, boys are never <laughs> called bossy; they're called driven. No, exactly. All right, and then somebody else mentioned one the other week, like whingy and naggy. Oh, like naggy again, <laughs> again. Like when do you ever hear somebody going, "Oh, he's really naggy"? You never mm-hmm. hear that, but it's always, "Oh, she's pure nagging me." oh she's been nagging me to do this that and the next thing no she's asking you to do something yeah yeah 
all the messes is nagging me. Like, yeah. It's just, it's just that, isn't it? <laughs> it? Yeah, and it's absolutely, it's, it's that, as you see, it's just a way to kind of keep you down and kind of mm-hmm. ignore it. Ignore it. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you want to say about, um, obviously, your experience, anything that you want to say to anybody that's listening? Um, yeah, I, I would just honestly like to say thank, a massive thank you um, for anyone who in the past week and a half or even before that has listened has taken action attended a protest when they thought they shouldn't um signed petitions shouted argued with like um, racist people on facebook you know (laughs) and all of these things make a difference and um please don't stop sharing because um it's the trend is over and for us the trend it doesn't go away it doesn't stop because it's not trendy to post it on social media anymore and it that doesn't stop so for example when October rolls around and it's Black History Month like please consider if there are events allowed like please consider going to them and please just consider like just helping in any way you can and continuing and going forward there's like loads of amazing incredible black artists and uh, black writers black tv shows black act you know there's all these things so please support them because um that's what that's what's going to make the change so but a massive thank you to everyone that has done that so far and um, speaking as a black person it really honestly does mean so much so yeah <laughs> that's why i like to <laughs> yeah thanks honestly thanks becky it has been it's been so good and i think there's a i feel i know i said i was going to end it and then i was like i'm now thinking something else but i guess i just wanted to something that you'd mentioned earlier about you know being scottish and stuff and the trendy thing on instagram and facebook and all Mm -hmm. of that and there certainly feels like it certainly felt like me to me at the start of last week um there was almost this attitude that somehow Scotland and the UK, we were above everything that was happening in America. Yeah. Um, and I just, I found that really tricky because I was like, this is absolutely not, mm-hmm. we can't be, we have to look at our the part that we have played. And when I say we, uh, I don't literally mean me and my friends or my of family. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, because like, that's what people will be like. I think yeah. some people... I think some people can't. Oh, maybe I'm being unfair again. Maybe I'll cut this. I don't know. Because <laughs> it's not making it. But it's that thing of like, when, if you say we, mm-hmm. some people can't deal with the fact that we are taking on responsibility for what our ancestors mm-hmm. have done with their actions. 100%. 100%. Um, that's, that's the main thing that's coming up on like comments underneath my video. It's just like, but I have never done that. And I'm not taking responsibility for And I'm like, I'm not asking you to take responsibility. I'm just asking you to check your privilege of things that have come before you and yeah. do better the next time. Thank you so much for your time, Becky. Like, that was, that was great. So Thank you so much for having me on. And, and um, honestly, I think this is an amazing thing that you guys are doing. Um, so that's really, uh, just really inspiring so yeah thanks to you as well thanks very much <laughs> okay well guys we'll catch you on the next time um as always take care and stay nasty